Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper. Welcome to episode 251 of the Life Made to Order podcast. Where in your life are you creating your own problems? This is a very important question to ask because in a lot of ways, you'll probably see that you're kind of creating them yourself. And that's not to blame yourself, it's all your fault kind of way. That's meant to be an empowering idea. Because one of the problems we face in doing this work of spiritual work or your personal development journey or whatever you call yourself, call it is, the egoic mind is very good at twisting around a lot of the teachings to make them seem like they're saying something they're not saying. And it's saying something that you'll find offensive or somehow, again, you're to blame and then you get all hackles go up and it's like, how dare you suggest that? And it's just a very effective trick it uses to keep you from embracing these ideas by making them seem unappealing in some way based on its thought system. But they're good things. They won't leave you weak. They won't leave you vulnerable. They're not about blaming yourself and telling you everything's your fault. And embracing these ideas will not leave you worse off in any way, contrary to what your mind will tell you. So again, this idea that our problems are generally probably of our own making, they're self-created, that's a good thing because if we're creating the problems, that means the solution lies with us. We can do something differently and this problem we perceive to have won't really be a problem anymore. Now, the way I'm talking about this is I'm not talking about this in that broad spiritual sense of all our problems are self-created and that our problem, our only problem is perception. Our only problem is what's happening in our mind. Because then in that sense, then truly every problem is our own problem because it's just our perception. It's our interpretation of what's happening. And, you know, that's something that we have total control over because we, we choose what we believe. We can choose how to view things. And in some sense, I'll be talking about it in that context. But a lot of what I'm talking about is not even in that broader spiritual sense of like, your problem is in your mind and it's only in your mind. Even a lot of the problems we have, even if we were to look at them through the egoic worldly level of thought, we could see, oh yeah, like I'm kind of doing this to myself or this problem is, I'm kind of creating this problem for myself and I, there are things I could do differently. There are, you know, I have choices available to me that I could actually not have this be a problem anymore. And again, this is a good thing. This isn't about blaming yourself and saying, well, every problem you have in your shitty life and all of the stress and whatever, that's all your fault. It's like, no. It's not about blame. It's about personal responsibility and empowerment. These are good things. It's good that the problem is ourselves. Because when we realize it's us, then we think, okay, like there's something I could do differently here. Because when we see the problem as external to us, it's society, it's cultural expectation, it's my family, it's my boss, it's my company, it's my neighbor, whatever it is. It's like, that doesn't feel very empowering. That doesn't feel very good because if the problem's external to us, that means the solution's also external to us. And we not, might not be able to do anything about anything outside of us. You can't change deep societal uh, norms or cultural conditioning or your neighbor or your mom or any of that stuff, right? So we don't want it to be outside of us. That feels shitty. And most of the time we do see the, the cause and the solution as external to us. And we feel shitty because we're like, well, I can't do anything about that. And then we feel like we're a victim to all of these 
external forces and we have no choice but to do all these things that we don't want to do and force, you know, and all the things we want to do, we can't do those things. And again, it's just a recipe for feeling really, really badly and disempowered and like a victim and angry and bitter. And it's like, uh, this doesn't feel so great. And then there's, you know, a way of looking at things that can free us from all of that. So I think it's worth exploring, even if initially a lot of these ideas might feel like we're resistant to them. We're like, I don't know about that. Or that seems like woo woo or that's not realistic. All that stuff, all these, right, these judgments we have about these teachings. Again, our mind doesn't want us thinking this way. And it's very good at making us you know, look at these ideas in a very negative light and think that they're not practical or that's not realistic or that's stupid or I can't do that and, and all that stuff, right? So because a lot of our problems stem from the fact that, again, we have a conditioning about certain things and we respond very strongly to that conditioning. And then we actually, a lot of the things that we're doing that we don't want to do, we truly actually don't think we have a choice. Again, because of the conditioning, that's not actually true, but it could appear very true because of societal norms or cultural expectation or how you think certain things work in certain areas of life. We truly believe that this, this undesirable choice we're making now, this painful choice, this problematic choice, this stressful choice is truly, we don't, again, we don't actually see ourselves making a choice. It's like, no, I actually have to do this. And again, that feels bad when you think you have to do something that feels badly and you think is not serving you and it's actually adding to your stress and causing problems in your life. And the second thing is, and it's kind of related to the first thing, is when we're in a particular situation, we might see a number of options that available to us to how to proceed, how to handle it, how to resolve the issue. But sometimes some of those options seem so undesirable to our egoic mind for whatever reason. It's, it's so undesirable to make that choice that we don't even see it as a choice. And again, what we're left with is thinking the one thing that we're thinking we need to do or have to do, but feels really bad to do is actually our only option. And again, we don't actually see we're making a choice because we don't actually think we're making a choice. Because again, the other options seem so undesirable that we don't even consider them legitimate options. And the mind is convincing us, see, you don't, even, you don't have a choice, even though those are options. Because they're very undesirable doesn't automatically discount them as potential avenues to pursue or choices to make. But again, the mind's very good at thinking, well, that's just so undesirable for whatever reason that I don't find that choice acceptable. It's not even an actual choice. And again, we're left with finding ourselves in a situation where we believe that what we're doing now, the painful thing we're doing now, the undesirable path we're taking now is really, this is really the only option available to me. So I have to continue doing this like shitty thing. I have to stay on this bad feeling path. And I guess I don't really have a choice. But again, we do have a choice. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple of examples here. Uh, well, let's talk about, you know, societal cultural conditioning. That's a big one that leads people to do a lot of things that they don't really want to do. It creates a lot of stress in their life, a lot of resentment. 
Um, cause a lot of what makes a lot of this so painful too, is if we believe that we actually don't have a choice, but to do things that make us feel badly, that create strain and stress in our life. And we think again, we don't have a choice and we have to do these things, society, the way society works or the patriarchy or whatever it is, right. You're going to feel resentful because if you believe that someone else is forcing you to do certain things that don't feel good. You feel a lot of resentment and resentment in particular is very toxic. It's not a good, it's a, it breeds a victim mentality. Cause again, you're, you're putting your, you're not owning your own power and you're placing, you know, the power in somebody else external to you. And then they're controlling and doing, whether it's an individual person or society at large or whatever, the government, men, what big tech or whatever it is. Right. And it doesn't feel very good. You know, an example that comes to mind, having conversations with certain people about uh, like societal conditioning with stuff with money and like uh, creating a certain standard of living and feeling people feel pressure, you know, keeping up with the Joneses sort of thing. And it's a kind of a cliche thing, but it's a very real problem that is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about with this, I'm not talking about people that are truly struggling and um, to meet ends meet or their basic needs being met. I'm talking about your average middle class, upper class type person who is doing okay financially. They, you know, they're not, again, they're not like poor. They're not truly struggling. But a lot of those people, they feel a lot of financial strain because they're, they've determined like they want to have a certain quality of life that they can afford for the most part, but it's tight. They feel a lot of financial pressure. Again, not in a truly I can't pay my bills kind of way. Like they're, that's basic stuff, they're fine. And that's a, an example of where we're creating our own problems because they aspire to a quality of life that again is technically within their means, I guess, but it's kind of, you know, they don't have a lot of money left over. They feel there's some pressure there to maintain this standard of life. So maybe they kind of can't, maybe it is living a little bit beyond their means, even though technically they have the money to pay for all these things. But it's like kind of, again, that keeping up with the Joneses societal pressure. And then people complain about money that like they don't really need to be complaining about money. It's like, okay, you want a nice car, you need a car for work, no problem. Do you need the $900 a month luxury SUV? And if you really want it, great. But then own you're making a choice to lease a really, really expensive car when you could find a perfectly nice car that might be like half the price. You want to live in a nice house. That's okay. No problem. You and your wife have no intention of ever having children. Do you need a five bedroom house? The biggest house you can possibly afford. You need the nicest car you can possibly afford because that's why that's where that creating our own problems comes in. It's like, well, I could afford a house that's $5,000 a month mortgage. So that's the house I'll buy. It's like, yeah, you can afford it, but do you need that much house? You don't for two people. It's like, yeah, probably not. And when I talk about this money example, I'm not talking about this from a anti-capitalist, anti-consumerist, you know, like thing where like eat the rich sort of mentality of like, you know, being against, you know, 
it's doing stuff like this and thinking you shouldn't aspire to live beyond basic survival. I'm not saying it from that point of view. Again, I'm just talking about that example of where a lot of people, they're creating their own problems in their life. A lot of people that talk about having financial strain, it's very self-created. And if you want to maintain a certain quality of life, then fine, that, that's okay. If you really want all of those things, you can want whatever you want. You can live your life however you want. It's your money. You can spend it however you want. But if people like that, they're feeling financial strain, it is very self-created because they're spending a lot more money than they really need to spend. Again, the nicest car they can possibly afford, the biggest house they can possibly afford, the having multiple cars when you only need one and you have four, like these sorts of things. And again, if you want to do those things, it's fine. But then we have to take ownership of our choices. And from that societal pressure sort of conditioning point of view, if people feel a lot of pressure to show that they're successful by way of the sorts of the type of house they live in, the sort of car that they drive, because these are some, these are markers of success and these are things, visible things that people will look at and see that, well, they must be successful. They have a really nice house. They have a, a really nice, they both have luxury SUVs, you know, or whatever, the nicest cars, big fancy cars. If you think that you need to maintain an image for some reason and you have to play the game, that's fine. Play the game if you want, but own that you're making a choice. And if you are worried that if you were to downsize your life, that that would somehow be perceived by people as like, Oh, what happened? They bought a smaller house. He's, he got rid of the Mercedes SUV or what, what, what's going on there? And you're like, that's not acceptable to you. To, to You're worried about how people would perceive this downsizing of your lifestyle so you can have some extra money and you like decide I don't want to play that game anymore. And you're like, no, that's not acceptable to me. Then that's fine. But then own you're making a choice and own the financial strain is, is being self-created and that you could have a huge amount of extra money every month if you lived, you know, didn't live as large all the time in every respect, like taking it to the max with every purchase and every, the maximum you can afford in every respect, that's what you're going to spend. Another example of this is, you know, with women, Again, societal, cultural conditioning, misogyny, and the patriarchy, this idea of aging, and like it's a cardinal sin to actually just look how old you actually are. You always got to try to look younger. It's not, you know, in, in my career, I can't, I have to keep up, you know, I got to get the Botox, I got to dye my hair, I can't just like let myself go. A lot of women, you know, I've had this conversation with women, and, and a lot of the struggle that we have is a lot of women that maybe don't want to do all of that stuff. They feel a pressure to do it because so many other women around them are doing it. So then it's like, well, if I just try to let myself age naturally and I don't dye my hair and I don't get, you know, fillers and Botox and these procedures to try to, you know, claw back, fight tooth and nail against this inevitable aging process, then I'm going to look a lot worse by comparison because all the women around me my age are doing all of that stuff and they look, they'll, they'll look better. And again, there is a very deep conditioning that women feel the need to do that, not for themselves. It's not about themselves and their own confidence or whatever. There's an external pressure. And a lot of women can talk about, well, I'm doing it for me. 
it's kind of bullshit, right? If we're honest, it's like, no, if you lived in a cave and nobody saw you, you probably wouldn't be doing all that stuff. And when I, again, when I talk about this, I want to be super clear. I am not judging cosmetic procedures. I'm not judging any of that. As a woman that's getting older, I feel that conditioning coming up is something I've been thinking a lot about more. It's something I've been talking about a lot more with clients and my husband. So the where, where all that's coming from, the desire and the, the feeling the need to do it, a thousand percent get it. So again, in giving this example, want to be super clear, not judging. I have no judgment for against women that do any of that stuff because I get it. I'm just talking about the example though, because a lot of women... If they're honest, they probably don't really want to do all that stuff. If they didn't feel all of that pressure externally and everyone was just, we lived in a society where there was no thought of altering your appearance and you just, everyone just looked however they looked and aged and whatever happened as we age, whatever happened, your hair goes gray, you get wrinkles, your skin gets more lax, all these different things that happen to the face and the body was just accepted then most women, they probably wouldn't really be doing it unless there was some kind of societal pressure to feel they had to do it. So, but again, we, then we have to own our choices. If you feel that because of societal pressure, the industry that you work in or whatever it is that you believe, well, I, I don't want to do this stuff, but I feel like I have to. Again, you have to realize you're, it's a self-created problem. You don't have to do all those things. You can let your hair grow gray. You don't have to Botox out your forehead wrinkles. You can let your cheeks get a little hollow looking and not fill them with the filler, right? But again, if you feel like you want to, then it's okay. But own that you're making a choice and don't feel resentment towards the patriarchy or misogyny or like society and they, how they hate women and women are only valued for our appearance. Because this is a good example, too, of when we start doing this sort of work, we will come up against this conditioning and we'll see where a lot of our thinking comes from. Is this just conditioning? It's not truly our own thinking. The pressure women feel to do that, that's not created. We didn't create that ourselves, right? That was a societal thing, a cultural thing. And when we're doing this sort of work, these are the sorts that I always talk about this work is nothing more than conscious choice. We are faced with choices then when we come up against, when we see where our, our thinking is coming from and we see it's just conditioning, this general conditioning of everybody and like everybody kind of thinks these things, we're faced with the choice of, okay, I see where this thinking is coming from. It's kind of arbitrary. It's not some inherent truth to any of these ideas. There's no inherent truth to a woman's worth is based on her appearance. That's a cultural societal conditioning. And you can decide that my worth is not based on my appearance and I'm not going to do all of those things. I'm not going to keep spending thousands of dollars a year on all of these treatments and injections and dyeing my hair and whatever other stuff that you're doing and all the makeup and whatever. And again, if you want to, that's fine. Again, no judgment. It's, it's I get it. But then... Some people, right, if we're not going to decide to break free of the conditioned thinking and we're still going to buy into it, again, we have to take ownership that we're doing that and any resentment we feel about feeling like, well, I can't just like age normally. I can't just let myself be. I feel all this pressure all the time to look a certain way. I have to have this kind of wardrobe and I have to dye my hair and I have to get fillers and Botox and this thing and that thing. And now I have to start looking into brow lifts and facelifts, whatever. And then you feel like, 
resentful of it because it's number one, it just feels bad overall. It's expensive. You're spending a lot of money on doing all these things. We have to own, okay, this is a problem I'm creating for myself. Because if I decide that I'm going to keep buying into the conditioning that my worth is in my appearance and as a woman, it's a cardinal, it's a cardinal sin. It's an absolute you know, travesty if I just look how old I actually am. I can't do that. I have to keep doing all these things. It's like, no, I actually don't. I'm creating that problem for myself by choosing to still buy into the conditioning. And again, like I said before, if you truly feel like, no, I have to play the game in my industry, um, I have to do all of that stuff, uh, the consequences of not doing it would be too great for me. I'd rather just keep doing it. Then that's fine. Then keep doing it. You know, quote unquote, play the game. Do whatever you feel like you need to do. But just own you're making a choice. When you're faced with situations where the, the option, like I was saying before, the person that's kind of living large and it's not really in their means, they feel a lot of financial stress. It's like, okay, I feel a lot of financial stress, but I have this huge house I don't need. I'm, I'm leasing this really expensive luxury car that I don't really need. But the option, the downsizing option is not acceptable to me because that would be, that would give an appearance I feel like people would interpret those changes in a way that I'm not okay with. And they're going to think things about me that are not really accurate. Oh, what happened to him? Having financial problems or maybe he's not as successful as he seemed. And he was, you know, it was all a, a, a ruse or, you know, he was just you know, whatever. And it's like the mind will be like, well, that's not an acceptable option to me. So again, it's so unacceptable because of the ramifications of doing that or what your mind perceives would happen. It's like, well, no, I have no choice but to maintain this lifestyle because I'm not okay with if I were to change things, how people would perceive that, the assumptions they would make. I'm not okay with that. And it's like, no, but you could do that though. But if you really don't want to, again, you don't have to, but then own that you're making a choice that you're choosing to do something that's causing you a lot of strain and stress and you're constantly worried about money. Again, when I'm with these examples, I'm not talking about people that are truly having financial issues. I'm talking about your average person whose financial problems are completely self-created from that keeping up with the Joneses sort of mentality, that uh, toxic conditioning that um, you can buy happiness with gadgets and a bigger house and, and wanting, like, right? totally self-created that's you know these a lot of people with their financial issues are completely self-created because they're kind of living maybe technically again in their means they can technically afford all the stuff that they're buying and the the house that they have in the car that they have but it's like a big strain and you feel financial stress to maintain that lifestyle that's self-created right because it's this is not talking about basic needs being met this is talking about stuff that you don't really need so again, when we start asking ourselves, you know, so anywhere in your life right now where you're feeling strain or stress, it's like where, and again, it might be partially just the general spiritual teaching of our problems are strictly in our mind. So it's technically always self-created in that sense. But again, even on a worldly egoic level of thinking, even from there, a lot of people can even see on that level of thinking It's like, oh yeah, like I'm kind of doing this to myself. Because I'm, 
I have certain conditioning that I'm responding to and I'm not really willing to break away from that conditioning and do things differently. That would be too hard. That would be too uncomfortable because, right, that's what it comes down to a lot of times doing the things that would actually make us feel better. They might not feel that way at first. It might not feel very good at first. Like again, the, the appearance example, if you decided to break away from all that conditioning, you realize how much you were doing all that stuff just for society and it has nothing to do with your own confidence or make it's not about you at all. At first, when you stopped dyeing your hair and you stopped getting the Botox and you stopped doing this thing or that thing, it might not feel so great at first. It might feel extremely uncomfortable. You might be like, oh my God, I look so different. People are looking at me and I feel like they're looking at me and thinking I look worse or I look old. So at first, a lot of these things, ultimately in the end, so much better, so worth it. But in the beginning, it might not feel, it might feel very uncomfortable. And that's why we don't do these things in the first place, right? Because doing what we really would like to do, the most freeing decisions, they're probably going to feel extremely uncomfortable. And again, this comes back to owning things. If you decide that what you want to do is so uncomfortable, you can't imagine doing it realistically. You're like, I'm probably not going to do that. That's okay. You can keep living however you're living and doing whatever you're doing. But again, own that you're making a choice. There's power in recognizing we're making choices. Even when these choices are things we actually don't really want to be making, but when we realize we're making a choice, there's a power to that because a lot of the suffering comes from thinking we're not making a choice. We're, we're forced to do the thing we're doing. We're being forced to travel the path we're traveling right now. And again, there's bitterness, there's resentment, there's anger. That's very, it's, it's not a good thing and it feels very badly, right? But if you realize, okay, the conditioned thinking, the cultural, like, like I'm, I'm still kind of deep in that. And I'm probably not going to do these things. No problem. You don't have to. You can live your life however you want. You can do whatever you want. Spend your money however you want. Do whatever you want to your body. It's, it's fine. It's your choice. But again, recognize you're making the choice. Because the suffering comes from thinking, I don't have a choice. But you do have a choice. Whatever cultural, societal conditioning that you're responding to, you don't have to respond to that anymore. Whatever there, whatever, whatever beliefs and ideas are inherent in those, those cultural expectations, those societal norms and whatever, they're all arbitrary. They're made up. There's no inherent truth to any of them. But if you still think they're true or you feel like doing, you know, going against that grain would be too uncomfortable, it would create too much conflict, you think it would create certain problems in your life that you're not willing to deal with, that's okay. Then you can decide, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, make such a bold departure from it. Again, that's fine, but just own that you're choosing to do it. You know, problem, creating problems in your life with stuff with family, right? A lot of our problems are self-created because there are boundaries that we should probably set that we're too uncomfortable setting. And I get it. If you've had a dysfunctional dynamic with your mother for the last 25 years, a completely boundaryless relationship and it's just fucked up in every other way. All of a sudden establishing boundaries and making this drastic change to how you interact with her. Yeah, it's probably going to be super challenging and it'd be super uncomfortable and you can decide that. Yeah, it's too uncomfortable to even, I'm not even going to do that. No problem. But then own you're making a choice and realize that whatever stress and strain you feel from dealing with her again, it's self-created 
And it's not, again, it's not about beating yourself up or blaming yourself. It's just recognizing, yeah, I could do something about this relationship, but the changes I would need to make, the things I would need to do to shift the dynamic in the way that I would prefer it to be, that I need it to be, yeah, I'm probably not going to do any of that stuff. I'm too scared of conflict. Um, it's uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable um, sharing my thoughts and feelings. There are certain things I would have to... Um, certain things I'd have to share about my thoughts and my feelings and my life experience that I'm not comfortable sharing. So yeah, I'm probably not going to do anything about that, at least right now. Again, no problem, but just own it. I'm making a choice. Um, this problem, you know, because when you start recognizing where your problems are self-created, again, there's going to be a choice. You can do something about it or you can't or you won't. And that's fine. Again, it's it's no problem. But realize that you're making a choice. Any thinking you have now that you have absolutely no choice to be doing all the bad feeling things you're doing that are creating stress and strain and anger and bitterness and resentment and fear and anxiety. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of doing that to myself. And there is a way out. I might not take it right away. But at least the wheels will start turning and you'll start thinking about what could I do differently here? Where do I need to change my thinking? Like what's, where in my mind, what needs tweaking here inside my mind to, to change this situation, to break free of a, a painful situation, to start doing things differently. I don't really want to walk this path anymore. I don't really want to keep responding to this societal or cultural conditioning in this one respect that's creating major issues with my body and my appearance, or it's really affecting my finances in a negative way. And in a way that they don't have to be affected. So, yeah, that's really about it. That's kind of all I have to say about that. Asking yourself that problem. Where am I creating my own problems in my life? Where am I telling myself I don't have a choice when I do have a choice? Where am I not leading with my own mind and my own heart and my own belief system? And where am I succumbing to cultural or societal or familial conditioning? And I'm abiding by a belief system that I actually don't really even believe in if I really think about it. I know my worth is not in my appearance, so why do I keep responding as if it is and living my life as if it is it as it is and feeling bitter and resentful about that and mad at myself for caring, right? And you know, a big part of this too obviously is, you know, you're probably going to have to deal with some uncomfortable feelings, you know, deal with some uncomfortable things, you know, going to some places in your mind that might be kind of uncomfortable because uh, you don't want to judge yourself for anything that you find. Like another thing too with women that creates a lot of strain about this is they actually don't, they're mad at themselves for doing all these things and caring and, and succumbing to the conditioning and then letting it influence them. And then they judge themselves and they're like, oh so anti-feminist I, I considered myself this huge feminist and all women's this and that then once I hit 50 and my body started changing I started all that conditioning started coming up and I'm so mad at myself for dyeing my hair I'm so mad at myself for getting the the fillers and there's this self-judgment and self-load like it's this whole messy icky mix of stuff for a lot of us for a lot of these issues and it doesn't really you know so part of it too will you'll have to probably deal with some uncomfortable stuff to really get moving in the other direction. So just be willing to do that. Be compassionate with yourself about what you find. 
you know, especially a lot of people on the spiritual path, they come up a lot of, about a lot of against a lot of things in their head that they feel like as a spiritual person, as a person knowledgeable in all these teachings, I shouldn't be thinking this way. I shouldn't care about these things. And then there's a shame, there's a guilt, there's a condemnation about it. And it just shuts it all down. But then it's like, whatever is there is there. So don't be afraid to admit the different things that you think and feel about whatever these the areas of your life where you're grappling with all of this stuff. So yeah, that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day or night. And for more content, products, and info about my coaching, head on over to livelifemadetoorder.com. Bye-bye.